If you've ever been interested in having your own podcast or been curious to know how it can impact your growth as both a brand and a leader, then grab a notebook and listen up because we have the queen of podcasting here to share her knowledge with you today. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows you to spend more time with your toes in the sand than your fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm a copywriter and consultant, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. We're talking to Keisha Fitzgerald, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, speaker, and podcaster who's on a mission to help women unapologetically share their voice and message with the world. She's the host of the top-rated podcast, Empower Her, with over 4 million downloads the first three years. She's also the founder and CEO of She Goes Company, which is focused on cultivating a global community of personal growth-obsessed women, live events, a business membership, and helping women who want to launch and grow their podcasts too. Hello, Keisha. I'm so excited to have you here today. Crystal, thank you so much. I am so pumped to be here. We are going to have so much fun talking about my favorite thing, podcasting, as we're on a podcast. It's so ironic. I love it. I feel like it's like we're getting meta and we're going to get even more meta that I'm not sure if I can handle it, but let's just like dive right in. <laughs> so... <Can't wait. laughs> I'm so interested to hear your journey. Can you please like take us back, dive us into your story and like let us know how you got from where you were to this amazing business owner, multi-passionate entrepreneur and podcast badass. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I feel like I started how a lot of people do in that I had this gut feeling that I wanted something more, but I didn't know what the hell that more was. And what I mean by that is I did the thing. I went to college. I got the job. I started working my way up the corporate ladder. But internally, I just felt like something was off. And, you know, often we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. And so many of my girlfriends from college and even my then boyfriend, now fiance, had this very linear path. They're like, this is just what we do. And just it felt like it was wrong. And I wanted something more. And when I say more... I don't mean that being an entrepreneur is more than working in the corporate world. We need people doing both, but I needed something that was more aligned for me and where I didn't feel like I had to water myself down and kind of like squish into this box of what I quote unquote should be. So I actually started my first business back in January of 2014 on the side of working a corporate job that on paper made so much freaking sense. I was a project manager. I had a, go a lot of like, career trajectory. I had great managers, great bosses. I had people that were rooting for me. But again, I still felt so uncomfortable. And it was almost like because things on paper were so good, I was scared of like what else there could be because I had no idea you know, what that was. And I also felt a little bit guilty that I was better off than a lot of people. And I felt like, who am I to say that there should be more for me? Which I think a lot of people can connect to that feeling of like when things are good, but you want great and you don't know what that is or why you're feeling that feeling. So instead of like shoving the feeling down, I started trying things on 
the side of my full-time corporate job. My first business was actually in network marketing and had no idea what that would turn into, but it ended up turning into me finding out that I loved public speaking and that business grew. And then I moved from Washington State to New York City with my now fiance. And he was going to dental school at NYU and I was working at Google and just building a business on the side. And then a couple of years into that, I realized like I got that gut feeling again. I was like, something feels off. So we moved from New York to San Diego. And that's when I started my podcast. And I started my podcast at the very end of November of 2018. And the idea behind it was I didn't know what I wanted to do. (laughs) Like I had this business, this network marketing business that was growing by $100,000 a year. So I was making great money. I was getting to speak on all these big stages. I was getting all these accolades. I knew what to do. But again, I just felt like it was off. So the podcast, the idea was, let me just start like a come with me, let's figure this out together type of podcast and build a personal brand outside of what I already was known for so that I could start to figure out what I wanted to do next and just pull back the curtain and bring people along on the ride. And that was a really fulfilling and fun way to grow my community because I would, you know, I would feel like I was lost. So I would Google like someone that wrote a book about feeling lost. And then I would bring them on my show and be like, hi, this is what I have questions about. And this is what my community has questions about. And I think people really connected with the idea that I wasn't trying to pretend like my ish was all together. I was just really transparent and really open to just take people along on the ride. And once, as that community grew a year later, I started my company, She Goes. It was supposed to be a live events company, insert COVID, and being a personal development community. And then a lot of women were coming to me asking about how to start podcasts. And I was like, I've done that. I can explain this, but let me do it in a way that would be really fun and fulfilling. And now at this point, we've helped hundreds of women launch podcasts. We have helped in our other programs grow, monetize, scale podcasts. And now we're doing live events and all the things. So it's been a lot of ups, downs and listening to my own intuition along the way. Oh, so, so good. I feel like I can resonate with so many things that you talked about with like just that itch that starts to creep in to the back of your head and you eventually recognize it because at first you don't want to, right? And then you're like, okay, well, obviously I need to make a change or I'm just going to sit here pretending that I'm not noticing this thing for the rest of my life and moving and packing up and all the things. Uh, Yeah, I can completely resonate with that. And I love so much that you said we are really a reflection of the peers that we're standing amongst. So often we don't realize that. And we think, why aren't things changing? Or why aren't I in this next room? And it's because we're not giving ourselves like the credit to go into the room even without permission. But that's a whole nother side tangent I could go down. I'm really interested to know that first year when you started your podcast, And you started that as a personal brand off of your network marketing business. It was so successful. Were you monetizing your podcast or was it purely the long, slow burn that you knew was going to build into something else? It was the long, unsexy, slow burn. And it's funny because I have so many women that come to me. They're like, Keisha, I want to start a podcast. Like, how quickly can I monetize? And I'm like, you can monetize straight out the gates if you have an existing business that you can drive traffic to or if you want to do some of the affiliate type of things. But I knew going into it, I was like, this has to be like a passion project for me. And I'm just going to really focus on just pouring as much as I possibly can into the community, not worrying about how to monetize. Because I already had that business that I knew how to do, but I knew that it wasn't aligned anymore. 
So there are ways that you can monetize straight out the gates for sure in podcasting, but it's the long-term, like now the type of sponsorship deals that I can sign now at this point because of the audience size and how much more confident I feel like my audience that I know my audience. So I know what they're going to vibe with, right? Versus straight out the gates, you have no idea what you're doing. Like nobody gets to skip that stage where you're like, I kind of suck at this. I'm really awkward and sweaty. And like, how do I turn on my mic? And like, what if people don't listen to this? Or what if people do listen to it? And you're scared about both of the things. And I'm really happy that I gave myself the time to kind of put my reps in without worrying so much about how do I quickly get to, you know, X amount of downloads or how do I monetize this? And I didn't put that pressure on myself. So I actually fell in love with podcasting, which has then since opened up so many other doors for me and allowed me to make a lot of impacts that I'm so proud of. But it was because my expectation going into it wasn't anything. Like I was like, I need to earn this amount of dollars with my podcast, or I need to have this amount of downloads to feel like I'm worthy or I'm quote unquote successful. I was like, if I'm talking about things and I get to bring cool people on my show that I can interview with that like would probably never talk to me if I didn't have a podcast, this is a win because then I get to help someone that's like in Nebraska that I would also never meet. Like it's, it's just like the naive like approach to it is actually one of the most incredible ways to start. And I think people really feel that. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful approach to it. I love that. It's just like, I'm actually going to go into something and I'm going to enjoy it instead of I'm going to make money. And yes, I'm going to love what I do. We all say that to ourselves, right? But like, I am purely going to sit in this moment. And that's what you did. That's so good. And I mean, I can say as having a podcast, it is a slow burn and it does take time. And I mean, go back and listen to episode one of Freedom Found Podcast, y'all, because I did not have my things together. But it's a process in developing yourself, what you enjoy talking about and who you want to speak to and the ideal client that you're serving or listener who's tuning in every single week. So having said all of that, break down for us. Why is podcasting all the rage right now? And a sub question off of that, do you think it will be? What do you see for podcasting for the future? Yeah, it's so interesting because when you think about our culture and society and how we're an on-the-go, constantly like all over the place type of society, it's so important to recognize where attention is going, which is it's an audio platform that you can take with you anywhere, especially when you think about the demographics of like a mom of young kids. Like she's not going to sit down and read a long form blog post, right? I'm not saying that blog posts are dead, but I'm saying just understanding your own target demographic. Like she's not going to watch a long YouTube video. If she's trying to just get this information and feel connected and the difference between podcasting and every other platform out there is like, think of the user experience that you're putting in headphones most of the time, right? Or you're in your car or you're in your shower. You're in like very intimate connection with the host of the show or with the guests of the show where it feels like you're having a conversation and it's a way to scale intimacy unlike any other platform out there because it is so personal. So I see podcasting rising like crazy. And what's interesting is some people that are maybe showing up on social media or other platforms, they say podcasting is quote unquote saturated right now. And I'm like, hold on. (laughs) There are 1.7 million shows out there, but of those shows less than half of them have released more than 10 episodes. And of half of those shows that have released more than 10 episodes, less than half of them have been around for 90 days, right? So it's really interesting to think about the data and compare that to YouTube channels and Instagram like accounts and blog posts. It's just like, it's not saturated. It's just if you figure out who it is that you really want to serve, 
and you serve them really freaking well, you can grow like crazy. And I honestly think that podcasting is like, we've just scratched the surface on podcasting. So I'm so passionate about it because it just makes sense, right? It makes sense with consumer behaviors and the target demographic that probably most of the people listening into this podcast are trying to reach is a demographic that a lot of advertisers can no longer reach. Meaning we know how to skip through commercials. We're not reading print advertising anymore. So you think about it from a long-term perspective, brands want to work with people that can reach that audience that's more difficult for them to reach, which you can reach through a podcast. And people want to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And how can you build that trust and connection through an intimate platform like this? So I think like if you've had an idea on your heart to start a podcast, the time is literally yesterday, Like, but now is great too, right? So like I see just so much growth for podcasting. I think we're just warming up for people. There's a lot of people that haven't even listened to a podcast yet. So it's like, let's not tell ourselves that it's saturated or that it's too late to start a podcast. Like it's just the beginning in my mind. Oh, you've got me so excited. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can also speak from Freedom Found Podcasts and the fact that like almost every sales call I get on for the coaching side of the business, people are mentioning, oh, I've binged every single episode, every single episode. It is such an intimate setting. And I love that you picked out like where we are intimacy wise, right? We are in the shower or we're cooking dinner with our family or we're in the car, right? In somebody's head, literally in their AirPods. And you have this ability to create a connection through long form content that educates and nurtures in a different way than say on Instagram stories or a quick reel or whatever that might be. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, if you have any type of written content, so you're putting out emails to your list, or you do have a blog, or you're writing captions on social media platforms, people then start to read it in your voice when they're used to hearing your voice and that builds more connection, right? Because they're like, they understand even the way that you're saying things. It's like, oh, I, I get her. I know her. She's with me when I'm on a long run. Like, it's just, it's such a beautiful platform. So like, I just like geek out about it because I love it so much, but Yeah. I love it. That's so multidimensional as well. Like really applying that voice. I think you're right. I do that myself and I can picture people's voices right now of my favorite podcasts. So most of our listeners are either done for you service providers or coaches, and they are probably thinking right now, okay, that podcast idea I've had in the back of my head for a while is starting to bubble to the surface. Can you walk us through the decision-making process of knowing if it's the right path to start a show in conjunction with their business growth, not necessarily as a side passion project? Yeah, for sure. So I think if you're getting a lot of questions or messages that are similar type questions that you could answer that could be free value on a podcast, that's a great platform to do it, right? So if you are in a specific type of demographic that you're serving, that you are, you know, you're in marketing and you're getting very specific types of questions, like having podcasts can help show your credibility in the industry, which can then help people want to actually work with you, right? So it gives them like a little taste of it in the style and language in which you would present that. So they can decide like, Ooh, I vibe with this person or, Oh, that's not my jam. Right. Which is great. Like, let's just determine, are they with you or are they not with you? And I think podcasting just takes that barrier of entry is lower because they can test you out with like a short little episode. So I would be thinking if I'm someone who is in, in the coaching space 
and I want to connect more deeply with my clients. I want to give them little nuggets of things that can add tremendous value and it's shareable content. So they go tell their friends who tell their friends who tell their friends. I have not spent $1 on advertising for driving traffic to my show. And we now get 250,000 downloads a month. So that's a lot of ears. That's a lot of people that are listening into the show. And it's been completely grassroots of a friend told a friend told a friend. This added value to my life. So let me send this to my sister, to my coworkers, to my team, to my whatever. And I think the scalable nature of tiny little pieces of content is so valuable with podcasting because then it's like they're linking to the show notes and that can drive traffic to your website and to these conversations. So it just, it's a beautiful circle. So how would I determine if it's right for me to do this? Do you feel like you want to get more intimate connection with your audience and scale it? Do you feel like in order for someone to really want to work with you, you're spending a lot of time on sales calls, like trying to kind of describe your personality and describe your process flow that you could instead record that one time and do it in an ad value way that then you can just drive them to that particular episode. That's what I would be thinking about too. Because again, it's going to that consumer. If you're trying to help women that are ridiculously busy in their life, they might not have time to sit down and watch your hour long video and read all of this text about it. But if they can throw their kids in the back of the car and they're listening to this while they're driving around, it's so valuable. So I think if I'm deciding if I'm starting a podcast, I'm thinking about also the stage that I'm in because it's a valuable way to do market research of things that I want to launch next, right? Like the reason that I was able to launch this membership community, we first launched a membership community and it had like 2,300 women in it, a paid monthly membership. And it was because they were telling me what they wanted. They're like, Ooh, I would love to dig deeper into this. Like I'd love to meet other women that are like me that maybe listen into your show. And I was like, ding, let me just create exactly what they're telling me that they want. But if I didn't have a community like that, I wouldn't know what to create. So I'm not worried about, um, because of the intimacy and the connection you can build with the community through podcasting, you don't have to worry as much about the products that you're going to sell. If you can get that podcast audience to give you feedback right? So driving them back then to social media or to a text list or, you know, even to like a free Facebook community. There's so many ways that you can drive the traffic. And if you feel like you're struggling building community and you haven't tried podcasting and you love talking and you love podcasts yourself, then yes, if you do not listen to podcasts yourself, don't start a podcast. It's not the right platform for you. If you don't like it, why would you do it? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you touched on so many good benefits of podcasts. It, it's really multifaceted, right? It's like there there are layers and layers we can peel back there for podcasting, why you should do it, why it's great for your listeners, for your business growth as well. But you make a good point that you do need to be somebody who absolutely loves to sit down and talk. And that's one of the reasons that I created my podcast too, is I was like, I am really great at talking about whatever, let's say, copywriting, brand messaging, business aspects that my audience wants to hear about. But I hate sitting down and doing all like the nitty gritty of like our marketing process and how can I help my team? I was like, I can do a podcast. Here's another benefit. So they can then repurpose it. And a lot of our content now comes from the podcast and you can break one episode into like 20 pieces of content, depending on what it's talking about and how it's broken down. So yeah, lots of benefits there for sure. I think that's really cool that you said that too. Cause like someone listening into this, it's like asking yourself, what is the medium that you most enjoy delivering content in? Because you can splice any direction, 
right? Where it's like, you can record on video, your podcast, and you can have a, you know, the video component on YouTube and the audio platform. But it's like, if you know, you don't like writing, but you love talking and you can transcribe that and put it into something else. It's like figuring out the direction. If you like that platform and understanding the magnitude of how you can spread it, it's like, Make your life easier and do something that you like. Like, how often do we talk about like, oh, do this because it grows your business? It's like, do you love this? Because this lights me up, right? I I love doing this. And it's like, that's part of your daily life. You're going to want to grow your business. You're going to want to work with your clients. You're going to want to put out that, you know, new product or program or whatever, because you're like, I'm just excited. And people can feel that enthusiasm too, you know? Yeah, 100%. So you touched on something a few minutes ago in how you grew your business and a friend of a friend. And of course, that is such a powerful way to grow. What are the other ways that listeners right now can be thinking about growing their show? Of course, we want to start at the foundation and making sure we've got our message on point, who we're speaking to, and that we're doing something we love. But then we want to get more people into our world. How can listeners go about doing that? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think picking, like staying consistent and actually giving yourself the time for your audience to develop, which consistency is so unsexy because people want it yesterday. And like we live in this Amazon prime instant gratification culture, but truly like picking a day that you're releasing your episodes and showing up for that particular day every single freaking week. So people can start to build you into their schedule. For example, Empower Her, my podcast releases Mondays and Thursdays. And I know that there are people that count on that for their morning commute. They're going to listen to it to start their Monday. They're going to listen to it on Thursday. They're going to weave it into their day. So you become part of their life and part of their habits. So you've got to stay consistent. That is so freaking important. And it's something where like, oh, I'll just release an episode on this day and then I'll do this and then I'll do this. And then I wonder why my show is not growing. It's like, because people don't know. And there's so many other podcasts out there that if they try and check in on yours and they don't see it and then they don't see it and they don't see it they're going to go find another podcast. So find a way to build that connection. The other thing that I think is really powerful is having one call to action in your podcast. A lot of times people say like, send it to a friend, leave me a five-star review, post it on social media, like send it to your cousin. Like, it's like, what the heck? I'm not going to do five things. If you tell me one thing, I'm going to do it. And then if you tell me why it's valuable, I'm so much more inclined to do it. For example, if you liked this episode, take us on Instagram. Okay, that's one call to action. There will be some people that do do that. But if we explain, because we're having a conversation, we would love to hear what type of topics you resonate with so we can make sure we give you the best value so Crystal knows what type of guests you want to have on the show and topics that you want to hear from. Like That would mean so much to us if you take literally 20 seconds and let us know, like shoot her a DM or whatever. Like Let us know what was helpful for you. So I think people underestimate that. So the consistency, the specific call to action. And then number three, every single person. So I've been, I've been doing this for three years. Every single person that has tagged the episode for the very first time on Instagram. This is something I do every single day. It doesn't take me very long, but it's so impactful. I send them a voice message, thanking them for taking the podcast. I do that personally. I have someone who does operations and everything, but I do not outsource my DMs. I Get, go through and I will respond to every single tag of the podcast. And it takes a long time. And people could say there's no direct ROI, but what's a better direct ROI than having people that know that they're appreciated, that are celebrating this thing that you're putting out into the world, right? That are 
advocates of your message and of your mission and are telling all of their friends about you. I'm like, that's the best possible marketing that you can have is someone telling all of their friends they need to listen to you because they're so much more likely to listen to their friend telling them to do something than they are if they just get a random ad that you paid X amount of dollars for because you thought that that's what you had to do. Like we need to take advantage of this, you know, like we talked about this, like grassroots, like organic, like how can you scale intimacy? You prioritize it. You make sure that people that are like shouting you out know that you care about them and you tell them and you don't write that off as the thing that's not ROI. You raise a necessity. Like I believe that I can launch just about anything I want to launch that my community wants and they will buy it because they know that I care. And it's not just me giving it lip service. It's me answering DMs when I'm like walking on the treadmill and spending 30 minutes doing that every day or whatever, you know? So how can you scale that intimacy and make sure people know they're appreciated? That's huge for growing your show. So, so good. And so many knowledge nuggets to take away from that. I think too, it's important to remember that you can continually have marketing loops that's sending people back to your podcast, right? So you're mentioning it in social posts and casually here and there in an email, put it in your email signature. Like it makes all the difference for people to start to see this in a variety of places. And finally say, oh, okay, I'm going to click. I'm going to check this out. I've seen her mention this like 17 times. Now I think is the number they're saying that people need to see to click. I'm like 17, here we go. Show it 17 times and then more. Yeah. <laughs> And also like you're putting out free, if you believe in what you're doing as a podcaster and you believe that you're adding tremendous value, you're doing a disservice to your audience to not talk about it. Just with 100% products. I'm sure you talk about this often of like any products or programs that you're creating. It's like, if you believe that they can transform someone's life, you're selfish to not share them with it. Like, don't be selfish, like share them because you're spending all this time and effort to give them and it's free value. So like, don't be like, oh, I don't want to be often podcasters tell me like, oh, I don't want to like spam people with my podcast. I'm like, it's free and it could change their life. What do you mean? Like, why are you worried about that? Instead, it's like, worry about the people that are going to miss out on getting to hear from you this message that you feel so called to serve that could impact them in a positive way. You know? Absolutely. It's the least barrier to entry somebody has. Like give them that gateway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you touched on a few things that we shouldn't do. Are there any more that you're like, absolutely no go. I tell all my gals while I'm working with them on launching their podcast, don't do X, Y, and Z. Um, Let's say your top three and absolutely do do these three things. Yeah. So one thing to not do in my, I'm really, I'm really adamant about you actually knowing who it is that you don't want to serve and who it is that you do want to serve. So people know like, oh, this is for me. So they can also regurgitate it to other people. So a don't and a do, I'll combine it in one. Don't try and spread your net so wide, making your podcast for everyone, telling everyone that like, oh yeah, you could listen to this. And like your cousin who's never been in the entrepreneurial space and doesn't want to. And like, you know, your uncle Ralph, like, it's like, no, like who is your podcast actually for and who is it not for? And knowing that straight out the gates is so important because then one thing to do is having like a short little one-liner about who your podcast is for. That if someone were to ask you, over like, you know, coffee, like you just ran into someone, you were talking about your podcast, right? Who would your podcast be for? So in their head, they can say, Ooh, this is for me, or this is not for me. Or they can say, Ooh, this is for my friend, Sarah, who would love a podcast like that because she's in that space. So you need to make it really clear who it's for and who it's not for. Um, and don't try and spread your nets so wide. The other thing that I notice is 
to not do, I guess, is to not minimize the success of your podcast or minimize it as it being like, quote unquote, small or playing as this like little thing. Because if it matters to you, why not do lead with it? right? Lead with it. When I had, I had a business that was generating over, I don't know. I think when I started this, my business was generating over $300,000 a year that I wasn't even passionate about, but I led with my podcast that I was brand new to. I literally did not have like a ton of downloads. I wasn't monetizing it, but I would explain when people would ask like, what do you do? I'd be like, oh, well, the thing I'm really excited about right now is actually I just started a podcast. Like, do you listen to podcasts? I led with podcasting because I thought about it like it's my big, it was, it was number one, what I was most passionate about, but also it's like this big funnel of, again, organic traffic that's free to drive into whatever else I was doing. And I was in this stage of wanting to drive to a personal brand that didn't exist yet, right? So do lead with it and stop diminishing it, saying it's this like little thing. And then honestly, we touched on this a little bit, but I think this is so important is so many people come into podcasting with this idea that I'm successful if I hit blah, blah, blah. If I'm in the top 100, if I'm in the new and noteworthy, if I get X amount of downloads per month. What if you reframed success is I am going to fall in love with the process rather than what the process could produce in podcasting, but in business too. Because if you can fall in love with the actual act of doing it, you're so much more likely to show up to things that you actually love but also your perspective completely changes where I'm like, I just want to get comfortable behind the mic because when I first recorded, I was sweaty in so many weird places and I would like leave these like awkward pauses in between each like sentence that I said because I thought it would be more dramatic, but instead it's like very weird for person like people that are listening in because they're like checking their phone. Like, is this thing still on, right? Like um, dead air is not good. But the point is, right? It's for you to really understand that like, if you can actually fall in love with the art of doing it, you're less attached to a certain outcome of that being quote unquote success. And you'll find that you'll actually see more success because you're going to be fulfilled and you're going to be curious and you're going to be more open to constructive feedback. You're going to listen to your audience. You're not going to feel so rigid and coming from this really masculine energy of like, if I do this, then I win. It's like, how can you just make this fun? If you have a, a business that is growing like, crazy and, or you're trying to juggle it, or maybe you're in a season where it's like really hard in your business. What if you started a podcast just because you've been excited about podcasting and this is your fun, creative outlet that brings in a totally different demographic than your awesomely structured emails do. And this is just your, your way to like fall in love with being an entrepreneur more. And we don't look at podcasting that way, but I did straight out the gates. And I think it, it served me from a fulfillment day one, you know, before I made X amount of dollars with my podcast and all of that. Right. And well, and that's the thing that probably helped fuel you into doing that because your listeners can tell you love what you do. You love giving away free content, helping them, showing up 100% for them. Yeah. I feel like everybody listening needs to go back like two minutes, <laughs> listen to that again, to take notes and implement that into your podcast endeavors, into your business, into your life, into literally like doing the damn dishes. Like how can you make yes. this process fun? I love that mm -hmm. yeah. so, so much. It's people people write that off as trivial. Like, but the question of how can I make this more fun is how I've showed up as an entrepreneur and been so consistent 
and done the things that are like really unsexy, the things that are really easy to do and are, are really easy not to do. Those are really the things that compound to get us where we want to go. But it's like, if you make it more fun, you're so much more likely to actually show up and do it. Right. Right. And you have to do it eventually. So either you're going to procrastinate, right. And then do it later, or you can have fun doing it now the first time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You spend so much time thinking about it versus the actual act of actually yes. doing it. Yes, right? yes, yes. So true. Okay. So you've given us so many pieces to think about, incorporate and walk away with. My final question for you is one that I absolutely love to ask because I feel like we just all have this dream living inside of us of our own version of freedom, like whatever that means to you. So many of us start our businesses and become entrepreneurs because we want to bring that into our day-to-day reality. So I'm curious to know what advice do you have for entrepreneurs listening that are on a mission to incorporate more freedom into their life? Mm, I love it so much. So one thing that I would focus on is make sure that you've got a macro vision of where you want to go and know that that's going to change, right? So like you've got this micro focus of like, what do I need to do today to win the day? And like stack those wins and build up that confidence every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself. It's like a deposit into your confidence bucket, right? But having that big macro vision of what you're working towards and then taking that space between where you are now and where you want to go and choosing a label that actually serves you that's freedom in itself. Instead of labeling it as like overwhelming or how am I ever going to get there or looking at some other random person and saying like, she has something that I don't, she doesn't. She's just choosing a label that serves her, right? Just saying, oh my gosh, like I've so far until I get where I want to go. And the freedom in that is that this time is needed. I don't want my big macro vision yet because I literally am not the woman that can handle it. Like I've asked so many podcasters this. I'm like, what would you do if like you got a million downloads a month on your podcast next month? And they're like, oh my gosh, Keisha, I'd be so excited. Like, interesting. I would not be. I'm not ready for that yet. Keyword yet. I'll get there. I'm not worried about that part, but I'm not ready for that yet because that's so many more ears on me. That's so many more people that are coming into my ecosystem that I don't have the support to handle. That's me needing to build up the confidence in pursuit of getting to that bigger goal so that I can handle the negativity that comes with that. Because with all of these people that really vibe with you, there's also going to be people that don't vibe with you. So I think freedom in my mind and gaining freedom comes from understanding that you always have control of your thoughts and the labels which you create of the pursuit that will never change. Because once I do get to my macro vision, something that seems so far away and so scary for me right now, once I get there, I'm going to be confident and I want to look back at the path that I took towards getting there and feel like it was worth it and then keep going. And this is a forever pursuit. So when you recognize that you're in control of how you feel about this pursuit, that when you're ugly crying on your bathroom floor and you're like getting yourself back up and you're like squeegeeing off your blue blocker glasses and you've got like snot and mascara in your mouth, you're like, this is part of it. Like the freedom is that I get to do this and I get to create my own reality. So I am all about what you guys do on this podcast. And I think it's just a really important reminder is like, you get to decide your thoughts, which drive your behaviors and your actions and your feelings and entrepreneurship. You got to buckle up for the whole damn ride because it is wild out there, but you get to decide what the ride feels like. That is so, so beautiful. And so well said too, because I think we so often forget you do not have the past. You do not have the future. You only have right now. And if we're constantly sitting in this moment where we are thinking, I'm going to be future her, future her, future her, you are never now you, right? Yeah. Let that 
sink in for a second, everybody, and go be present today. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Save it up. Save it. You won't get it back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You have left us so many things to think about, and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and really just pick your brain on your journey and how you've applied that to helping other women in the podcasting space and also just an empowerment and inspirational space, et cetera, because I feel like that's what we've really gotten out of today is not just about podcasting. Like this is about just enjoying what you're doing, no matter what it is. So please tell us all the ways, how can we work with you and connect with you and go and listen to the Empower Her podcast? Yeah, come check out my podcast. Um, But for real, I love, I mean, I love podcasting clearly. Uh, My podcast is called Empower Her. You can find it anywhere that you find podcasts, Monday, Thursday podcast. My favorite social media platform is Instagram. My handle is at Keisha.Fitzgerald. And one thing that I like am obsessed with is I have this totally free pump up like text list where I send out little inspirational texts. So if that's your jam, it is completely free. You could text me the salsa dancer emoji to 512-548-2728 and you get added to the little pump up text. It's kind of like if a fortune cookie and your saucy bestie had a baby, that's like the style of the text. So if that's your jam, Otherwise, yeah, thank you again so much for having me here. There's all sorts of fun ways to work with me. If you want to launch a podcast, if you want to grow, scale, monetize, if you like live women's events, come check out all the things, but the podcast is the place to go. So Crystal, thank you. I really appreciate you, girl. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you so, so much. And the text group, the little emoji, that is just the cutest thing I've heard. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. it. (laughs) As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please head over to leave a review and subscribe to the Freedom Found podcast. It means so much to our growth and being able to reach and support more business owners like you. And if you enjoyed today's insights and would love an opportunity to sit down one-on-one with yours truly, screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram stories with your biggest takeaway right now. Every four weeks, we're choosing a listener just like you to hop on a free coaching call together. The next one could be you. Have a beautiful week and I'll catch you next time.